Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Tiffany is away, or possibly might be joining us during this hour. We'll find out. Uh, But she's away right now, putting Aurelio to bed. But luckily, we have a wonderful guest on tap for you today. First, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have been in this situation? You've been studying Italian for weeks. Maybe you've even been studying it for years. And you are finally on your trip to Italy, the one you've been planning this entire COVID lockdown. Or maybe you've finally moved there. But when you do get to Italy and you try to speak Italian in country, your mind just goes completely blank. Or you find that you're seeking for words that you thought you knew really well. And you wonder to yourself, did I waste all of my time studying only to not be able to recall it when it really matters. Or maybe the words are still coming to you, but it is just so hard to understand everyone around you. Well, luckily, I am joined today by Gloria Spagnoli. She's an Italian teacher and coach, and she helps stuck Italian learners find their words and speak Italian with confidence. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. You have moved around quite a bit yourself. Uh, Why don't you just quickly tell us your background and how you ended up doing what you're doing? Well, I actually, I've always been a teacher since I was completing my master's degree. And I started by chance. I mean, I was uh, looking for a job to fill in in my schedule because I had to earn some credits to complete my degree. And then I randomly chose an Italian teacher position in a in a middle school and I liked it. So I decided to continue and get certified. I started teaching in a school and then I began teaching online also. I did it also in presence in the UK, in London and in Spain. And and now I'm still doing it. And where in Italy are you? I'm actually uh, in Pavia, but um, I'm here temporarily because I am about to relocate to Spain again. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> This is such a wide-ranging topic, of course, of all the um, difficulties that it is to speak a foreign language in a native country. But let's start with some of the things that's happening in your mind when you're trying to speak Italian and you feel like you're failing. I know for me, when I was living in Italy for a year and really didn't know the language, that because of that, I had a shyness about even getting into certain encounters at all, knowing that I could easily and quickly be in over my head. How do you approach just that general shyness of, you know, maybe knowing some words, but not even sure you want to say them out loud to anybody? Well, that's a common situation, uh, especially when you are in in the country where everything and everyone overwhelms you. But my approach and what I recommend usually is to start gradually because it can be really, really overwhelming, especially well, if you're in the country and especially if you are so eager to speak that you want to jump immediately and... uh, just take everything out. But if you have learned for a while and never got the chance to, to take the words out, it can be really daunting. So starting maybe with a situation that you can manage that takes you slightly, just slightly out of your comfort zone, but doesn't overwhelm you, that's a really great point to, to start. And I never get tired to say that uh, practice and practice and practice and repetition really are key because we tend to be so harsh on ourselves and think that we have to know what to say straight away most of the time because we have learned for ages. But 
recognizing a word in a book or in a newspaper or any text and being able to say that word are two different experiences mm -hmm. and we need time before we can actually say a word or a phrase or a full sentence so starting gradually is the first thing to do i loved one of the things that you actually said on your website which was that speaking any language is a habit and to create any habit it takes practice for it to become an automatic thing absolutely i've never heard it put so simply <laughs> actually you know because you just think if you study and study and study you should be able to do it but like anything it just takes time to feel like like riding a bike as they say you know easy in thinking about what circumstances to be in when you're first trying out your language in the actual country that you've been studying Some of my first experiences trying to speak Italian were in a grocery store in the checkout line, just out of necessity. But what would you say is a better place if to start? Is there more comfortable places? Absolutely. A grocery store can be pretty stressful. <laughs> It was. <But laughs> if, you cannot, if you cannot avoid the grocery store, well, reward yourself after that because it's a really stressful experience. But if you can afford to choose an experience, actually there's no best choice you have to be honest with yourself and see what situation makes you feel comfortable you want to feel comfortable after all while well, it's you're doing something stressful and which is taking you a lot out of the comfort zone so maybe starting comfortable that would be better but it depends I'm, i can speak for myself i'm an, an introvert person i function better in small groups or even better in one-to-one -one, uh, conversations so I myself would go for a group of one or two people to start with, that's more than okay. But if I'm starting out from scratch, maybe one-to-one -one is better. You just have to be honest with yourself and see what makes you feel comfortable. So for you, you were born in Italy, right? So you mm -hmm. kind of have the opposite where you learn English along the way. I mean, do you think about it that way sometimes when you're teaching what it was like for you to learn English and, and speak in those early days? Oh, yeah, <laughs> always, because I was taught the traditional method, a lot of grammar, a lot of word list. And then I, I always tell this anecdote that I, I went to the UK when I was 14. And I thought I, you know, I thought I knew English pretty well. But when I, I arrived, I immediately got a culture shock because I couldn't understand anything. And I wasn't really taught how people spoke in the southern part of the UK. And so I had to start almost from scratch because I knew the words, but I couldn't take them out. And then I couldn't understand what people said. And it took me a couple of weeks, so to 10, 10 to 15 days to get used to how people spoke. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I always keep that situation in mind because it, I know it's the same for many people who approach Italian. I try to teach how exactly people speak in Italy. So the local expressions also, how people sound when they speak fast, how words blend, what are you actually going to hear? This is important. Yeah. Can you give us an example of saying something in Italian as we would study it, like listening to it on the tape and then versus what it would actually sound like if you heard somebody say that in country? Like, uh, I don't know, I would like to order a slice of pizza today or something like that. In, in, of course, if I was studying, it, it would be something very straight. Like, I would like to order a piece of pizza today would be how I study it oh, in the book. Yeah, maybe, you know? maybe you, would, you would be tempted to say, vorrei ordinare una fetta di pizza. While I, I would go for 
una pizza margherita, and that's it. I don't uh, say the full sentence when I have to order a pizza. Teaching natural Italian and not the traditional course book Italian is vital because you want people to communicate effectively and you want them to be ready for what they might hear. Today's show is sponsored by Sambucol. There's nothing more important than taking care of yourself. If you're not feeling your best, it's hard to be your best. Sambucol offers powerful immune support with nature's superfruit, black elderberry. My neighbor was the first person to tell me about black elderberry. She loves it so much that she even advertises elderberry on a sign in her front lawn. Nothing makes her feel better, she says. And Sambucol makes taking elderberry easy. I've been trying the elderberry gummies. They are extremely tasty. They almost taste like a dessert. I just add them to the vitamins that I take every morning. If you want to give it a try, you can get 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at sambucolusa.com. When you're there, use the promo code BITTERSWEET15. That's sambucol, spelled S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L, sambucolusa.com, and use the code BITTERSWEET15. Now, back to the show. Well, Tiffany's going to join us now, actually. So I'm bringing her in. We're doing this big new thing. We're bringing her in on Zoom. So she's going to sound a little different than normal, but we're going to try it. Let's bring her in and let her join us. She's been in Rome for the last 16 years, so she'll have her own view on this, certainly. Hello, Tiffany. Thanks for for joining us. This is Gloria. Sorry, I'm late. Hi, Gloria. Hello. (laughs) Yes, I mentioned that uh, you were putting Aurelio to bed and may or may not be joining us tonight. We were just talking about how when you hear Italian and you've been studying Italian, you might study it in this one very particular way, like what you might read in a book. We were using the example, I would like to order a piece of pizza today, versus how it would actually be said if you were in Italy. So that's what we were just discussing. Gloria, you also say that you kind of what we're getting at here is that you are teaching people not only how to be more confident in speaking Italian when they get to Italy, but also how to combat negative self-talk and also how to understand Italian culture itself. So why don't we, let's see, what should we do first? Tiffany, you pick negative self-talk when trying to speak a new language or understanding the culture that you're speaking in. Let's start with negative self-talk because I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I can, you know, I'm too old to learn a new language, I'll never be able to do it, or I'm not good enough, I can't, I can't start, I sound stupid. That's interesting to me. All right, Gloria, what would you say about the negative self-talk? Well, let's start from uh, what Tiffany said, I'm too old to learn, uh, I'm going to sound stupid, which are common thoughts. Uh, first of all, well, I try to tell things as they are. So you, you might be older, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn. So education is the first, maybe the first step to to fight negative self-talk. And also, I am not talented is another one. I try to tell people that uh, practice is the real key to to mastery and not talent, because you might, you can be talented potentially, but uh, if you don't do anything with your talent, you're just uh, potentially talented. And when thoughts come up, I simply teach my students to reframe them into a more realistic way for example i'm not talented do you have any evidence of you not being talented is there any other (laughs) way you could look at that for example maybe other other options that you haven't taken into consideration for example 
Maybe you haven't found what works for you. Maybe you haven't picked the right material. Try to look at reality from, from the outside and then reframe it because reframing is a really powerful tool when you have to fight negative self-talk. But the thing is reframing a negative thought into its opposite positive version doesn't work. It needs to be something that you can still believe. So if you say, for example, well, I'm not talented, I'm never going to, going to learn. You can say, yes, I haven't learned a lot, but maybe there is another method that I can try. I was just uh, confronted with this just the other day. I was talking to someone and people often say this to me here. They say, oh, you're so, your son is so lucky to learn English and Italian at the same time. Me, I absolutely can't speak foreign languages. I'm not capable of speaking a foreign language. I'm just bad at it. I, I just have no, I hear it so often from Italians who don't speak English or who or maybe they do speak some English, but they, maybe they're, they're too shy to try to speak English with me. And they just always say that. And I always feel like saying, how do you know? I, I feel like saying the same sort of things you say. I was a singer for a long time, a classical singer. And so many people used to say to me, oh, I wish I could sing. I have no talent for singing. And I used to say to people, everybody can sing. If you can speak, you can sing. You just have to have someone maybe give you some pointers. And I think it's the same with learning languages. I mean, not everybody's going to be a polyglot. But I think if you have the right teacher, and like you said, the right method, because maybe not, not every method is right for every person, I think uh, people, people can learn. That's absolutely. I always bring my personal example. I play guitar and I'm not talented. Trust me. I have to work hard on my, on my guitar book. And I keep saying that if I got better, because I, I did get better playing my guitar, well, there's a hope for everybody because really I don't have a guitar gene. So <laughs> I'm not using any particular technique, just repetition, repetition, and repetition, going back, making mistakes, going back again and repeating, making the same mistakes, repeat the same exercise. But this is how I get better. I wonder why when it comes to languages versus playing the guitar, maybe why, maybe it's because you have to interact with other people, but why it seems so embarrassing when you're first beginning to speak and knowing that you're searching for the words and maybe failing to find them, you know, why we are so like unwilling to fail in that regard when maybe playing the guitar, you know, I wouldn't pick up the guitar right now and think I'm going to be able to play my favorite song, you know, having never picked one up before. Do you have any sense after working with so many students, why it is that when it comes to language, we get so easily embarrassed? You know, I work with adults. Uh, there are people who are used to, as we say, speak in a certain way, like choosing the right nuance, the word that they that better describe about what they want to say. And it's a feeling I got myself. I got frustrated because I couldn't find the words maybe in French, English, or Spanish to say exactly what I had in mind. And it's hard to remind ourselves that we need time to speak as we speak in our first language. So this is why it's intimidating. We fear that people might think that we are stupid. And this is a reason why it can be intimidating to speak a, first, a second language or a foreign language. We don't want to sound stupid and we don't want to you know, embarrass ourselves and um, maybe show that we are regressed into baby phase because it's uh, <laughs> we are having a slight re regression when we are learning something from scratch. 
And we, as when we are adults, uh, it's harder because we're maybe less open to learning something new. Whereas we are younger, who cares? Mm. I'm learning. I'm young. Yeah. Yes, children don't have that problem. Oh, no. Well, and I think <laughs> adults do have the problem of having thought that somebody seems stupid because they couldn't communicate with them, right? I mean, that's like the bad underbelly of it all is that we've all been on the opposite side being kind of I judgy. I do have to say that living in Europe where there are so many foreign languages so close together. I mean, you don't have to travel very far to be in a country with a different language. There's so many. I do think that just living in Europe, people have an, a more, um, they're more forgiving of people who don't speak their language. They don't naturally assume, oh, this person is, uh, is ignorant or this person is dumb. Whereas in the States, you know, I think it's much more common because there's so much physical land where English is just the main language, although there are other languages spoken, that when you come across someone who doesn't speak English, it's more likely for someone to be a little bit disrespectful towards them or make assumptions. So I do think that living in Europe, we have less, I, I think, than just my opinion, that you have less that automatic like, oh, this person's dumb. Yeah. Gloria, why do you think that part of learning to speak Italian when you're in country requires you to understand Italian culture and the way Italians talk? Oh, my God, this is a really a tough question. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you need an open mind to understand that we are not being rude. We're just being ourselves. <laughs> That's uh, one of the most important parts. <laughs> but, of course, if you're just starting out, well, if you're a beginner in Italy, it can really be intimidated because we, and I explain it in my book, we tend to overlap, speak about each other, shout, and it can really be intimidating and scary. But uh, as you progress and as you learn more of the language, then you understand that we are just being us. And there's always something new to learn, in my opinion. But it's an interesting discovery. The more you learn uh, the language, the more you learn the culture. Hmm. Tiffany, did you find uh, Italian culture and the way that they spoke intimidating when you first arrived? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the word intimidating. I, I maybe I just had good luck, but the majority of the people that I came across that I had interactions with, I felt were very patient. You you have to remind them. Can you speak a little bit more slowly? You have to. You, you sometimes have to ask. But I, I generally found that people would do it if, if you would ask them. And I always just had such a great love of the Italian language, even before I could speak it, that I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it came easily for me, but it felt natural. And there's something about it that just when I, even when I was just starting to learn it, when I, when I would speak it, it just felt like, ah, oh, this is the language I'm meant to be speaking. <laughs> But I will say that when, it, uh, Gloria, you were talking about people think maybe we're rude. It's not that we're rude. It's just when my husband and I are speaking Italian together and my mom is listening or she's she's in the same room, she doesn't understand what we're saying. She often thinks we're arguing when we're having a totally normal, calm conversation about something like what time we're going to go to dinner or something. It, and uh, so it's just the tone of voice changes. And I noticed that my tone of voice and the pitch of my voice 
changes when I'm speaking Italian as opposed to English. Yeah, totally. That that's fun. Uh, it's, it's one of the remarks I get all the time. Like you sound like you're arguing. Well, we're not. We're just a common way of talking. <laughs> well, you know, there's a wonderful line from Seinfeld. I don't know if you ever watched that old American sitcom, but it's one of my favorite lines from any TV show ever. This guy is talking and he says, "You don't understand opera." That's how they used to talk in Italy. That's what opera is. That's how they talk. <laughs> That's an exaggeration, but it kind of is. I mean, the dramatic aspect of it, the melodic aspect of just the way the language sounds, it leans in so well to, to being sung. It's just so the vowels are so pure and, and people do get very dramatic and very emotional when they speak and you know they use their hands all the time when they speak and uh, you know it's very operatic so it's maybe part of understanding the italian culture better is understanding that maybe while it seems like this shopkeeper is yelling at you because you're flubbing up so much that really it's it might not be that at all like your perception could be completely wrong i just feel like as a foreigner I just feel like people are going to be a little bit more circumspect with you. They're going to be a little more patient. It's more likely you're going to see two Italian people, two Italian shopkeepers who are talking to each other and you think that they're fighting when re in reality they're talking about, you know, the calcio game last night. And it's not it's not an actual fight, but it looks like they're fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, and they might even kind of get up really upset, but then they, you know, they hug at the end and they say, "Okay, I'll see you for dinner tonight." I mean, I'm asking because I mean, that was certainly my perception that particularly going back, Gloria, to what I was saying about my some of my first interactions being at the grocery store, I did feel like most people seemed absolutely exasperated with me. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that was I mean, that probably was my shyness and perception and being new. But but maybe so I guess that's part, part of what you're getting at is is sort of understanding the tone can help. Yeah, absolutely. So what well, uh, your experience was, um, I, I don't think you're the only one, actually. I, I got that experience a few times when I was uh, living abroad in Spain, uh, precisely because the UK had a calmer, you know, there was a calmer tone of voice normally. But when you're shy, I you think maybe you're doing something wrong or you made someone mad. And uh, when someone raises the tone of their voice, you might assume it's your fault, uh, probably knowing that it, actually that's the way people talk it's reassuring because you get to rationalize that and say oh it's not about me it's them so do you have any <laughs> do you have any tips that you would give for anybody who's currently planning to take a trip to italy and want to try out their italian any advice that you can give practice that's the only one <laughs> no apart from that i'm joking about mm, practice is uh, vital if you've never done it, start now. And the best thing that it's that you can do it in also in your mind. I explained it a lot and even you know, on my Instagram page in my newsletter too, that if you don't want to, even if you don't want to hear your voice, you can practice in your mind and polish your sentences until you're happy with them. And you can imagine a conversation and see how it plays out in your mind. And once you get out there, you are ready for that conversation. Speaking out loud, that's another great tip because one thing is imagining yourself talking, another thing is uh, talking. 
and getting used also to how Italians really talk. And if you're not learning with a teacher, you choose the right book for you, the book that you like that's at your level. And if you read it while listening to the audio track, it can give you an idea of how words will sound. The key is preparation, practice, preparation, and never stop at the first mistake because you're going to make mistakes over and over again. Just get used to them and use them as a lesson. They only mean that uh, something requires your attention. They don't mean that you're never going to learn. That's what your mind tells you, but reality is totally different. Right. And what, what about the accent? I've always wondered this. Would it be better, say I'm learning Italian, and as I've told you before, my Italian pronunciation is just atrocious at this point, and I also have not been studying at all since I left Rome. So I think I got a pass on that. But uh, Derek always says that maybe it helps if you also kind of, when you're speaking it, try to mimic a little bit about how it sounds so that you're not saying it with an American accent. You're basically doing your best imitation of Italian, an Italian mm -hmm. accent. What do you think about that strategy? More than in the accent, uh, intonation is probably the more important uh, because we all have all have an accent. You're listening listen to me now. Well, I'm speaking English, but you can tell I'm not native. So I'm always going to have an accent. But the most important thing is that you can understand me. And a good way to do it is to pay attention to the intonation of the words where the stress falls and then try and imitate that and repeat it in the way that people actually say it. Uh, and never trust your first language if it doesn't share any similarities in, uh, in the phonetic system because the, our first language always tries to trick us. <laughs> so listen carefully and imitate how people pronounce their words. Pay attention to the intonation, to how words blend together and to where the stress falls. And don't worry about having a, an American accent or a French accent or a British accent. It doesn't matter. Well, that's interesting. Also, because accents are so charming. People love an accent. I mean, if it's so strong that you can't understand them, then no. But you wouldn't want to hear someone speak and have completely eliminated their accent. It wouldn't feel natural somehow. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, and how important would you say, let's say I'm planning my trip to Italy and I have never studied Italian, but I know I'm going in three weeks from now. Is it important for me to study Italian at all? In three weeks? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I want an easier question. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what you want to say, actually, if you are what you want to do. Mm. If you want to have some basic conversations, you can review some basic sentences depending on what you are planning. Some basic survival sentences if you don't want to have any interaction at all and if you are planning a, an organized trip well you are free to do whatever you prefer but i wouldn't recommend starting three weeks before is there ever a point where say you're having trouble studying italian is there ever a point where i don't know this maybe this is a terrible question but <laughs> where, where you might just realize that you just don't like when you say, Oh, I'm terrible at languages. I can never learn. I'm never going to learn this language. I keep, you know, I'm not progressing. Is there ever a time when you should admit to yourself that you don't really want this that much, that you don't really enjoy this, that maybe learning a language is not what you want to be spending your time on? Oh gosh. You mean like when you reach a point where you say that uh, you're not good to learn languages and you just want to drop. Mm -hmm. 
Or is that just an excuse? Do you mean a specific language, Katie, or all all foreign languages? Well, let's say specific, I guess, because that makes more sense in the context of our... But yeah, you're right. It could go both directions, but... You would like to know what to do in that case. Yeah. Like, is, is it reasonable for me to decide that I don't really want this? Or is that just me making another excuse for... How important my is it own for you? failings at learning this, you know. How important is it for you to learn that language, Italian specifically? For me? Why do you want to learn it? I mean, not, not to you, but I'm just <laughs> making a provoking question. Mm -hmm. um, that's the point. I mean, if you pile up failure after failure, don't like to use the word failure. I don't really believe in that. The probably a clever question to ask ourselves is, uh, what went wrong, what did I do wrong, and how can I make it better? How much do I want it, how hard do I want it, and what can I do? Mm. And the, but it requires a honest conversation with ourselves. What did I do wrong? Maybe I didn't use the right material. Maybe I never learned with a teacher. Maybe, mm. maybe I thought that seeing a word once was enough. There might be many, many reasons for that. And it requires a lot of honesty. And if you really, really, really want to, to learn this language, you need to, under, to understand why, what are you going to do with, the, with this language? It needs to be meaningful to you. And mm -hmm. this is also how you get motivation back. And if your focus is on what you did wrong and what you do wrong, you can also train yourself to see what you're doing well. <laughs> we do never do it. <laughs> But it's something that I ask also my students to do. Like, oh, did this wrong and I did this wrong. And what did you do well? So you would say that if you're traveling in Italy and you just botched your last interaction, what you should go is say to yourself is, well, what did I say right in that interaction versus focusing on what you did wrong? Both things. Uh, I mean, uh, how can I use this interaction that I didn't like to improve my Italian? And what did I do well? Yeah, that's good. Well, you, know, you were asking her, you know, at what point do I just give up? Gloria, you said quite rightly, how important is this to you? How much do you want it? I do think that if you are living in a foreign country, if you are an expat or an immigrant, you should really try to, to learn that language. And I think a lot of people who live over here, and I only speak from my experience living in Rome, there are a number of people I know who live here or I come into contact with, Americans or Brits, who just don't really try. They learn enough to get by. They learn enough to get by at the supermarket. But I think Gloria has a great point that you're not going to really ever get to know the Italian culture if you don't speak the language, at least to a certain extent. I'm letting you off the hook, Katie, because you don't live over here and you don't plan to. But <laughs> I think people who do live over here... Anyone who's going to be staying for more than, let's say, a year, you know, they shouldn't let themselves off the hook. And I'm not going to say it's, it's going to be easy because for some people it's harder than for others. But I would say challenge yourself to to really try. Take lessons if it's not coming, if you're not able to pick it up on your own. Because some people just assume, oh, I'll just pick it up. And some people can. And some people can't. So, uh, you know, take lessons if you have to. Read. There's so many great hacks for learning a language. I always say read right before you go to bed in that language. It's going to percolate in your mind while you're sleeping. Watch your movies on Netflix in Italian with the Italian subtitles. So you're reading it as you watch it. And I just think, you know, expats who speak the language of the country they live in have such 
a more full experience, such a more full life, even if they're not going to be ever native level, it's so worth it to be able to speak the language of the country you live in. Absolutely. I can also speak from my own experience living in Spain. I had to open a bank account and find an accountant to talk about all these bureaucratic things that I didn't know. I didn't, didn't even know how to say accountant in Spanish before and I had to learn it. But that, of course, that enriched my experience, but uh, it also gave me more tools to get by by myself and be more independent. And this is priceless to be able to make it on your own in another country. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Gloria, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. If you're interested in working with Gloria more, you can visit her website, speakita.com. How do you pronounce that to yourself? Speakita. Speakita. Speakita.com. Speakita.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. How else can they find you? I know you have a YouTube channel. I'm on mostly on Instagram. It's a Speakita language coaching. You can find me there also. I post basically daily from Monday to Saturday. <laughs> I'm always there. Okay. And there you can find some content uh, also about uh, learning Italian and uh, about uh, also mindset, which is another important part. Thank you so much. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. If you love the show, take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to read while you listen, and your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks. Thanks.